brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What do you get? When you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman. Yeah, uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Room. Welcome in a Couch in the Room. Graham Couch, Jason Nick. It is our Wednesday show, presented by our friends at Front 43 Neighborhood Pub and Caskin Company Kitchen and Bar, and that's just north of Frandor on East Saginaw and Lansing, and they are open daily, 11 a.m. to midnight, for carryout and to dine in. If you're, um, They've taken a lot of precautions to make people comfortable, and if you're comfortable in that setting, they are going to be about as good as it gets. Um, check it out. You can watch games there, uh, socially distanced, uh, incredible precautions in terms of making sure everything's clean and people feel comfortable in their presence. And as always, a terrific menu, Cask and & Company and Front 43. Go to caskandcompany.com. Jason, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you been? <laughs> I'm all right. You sound, uh, I don't know, not good. Oh, man, it's just been a crazy kind of morning, and uh, of course... Some things going on behind the scenes here. It's always fun, man. And I just, you know, I'm just still am tearing up over your Lou Henson uh, tribute on Twitter. It was uh, very It was poignant. not great. <laughs> it, 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 it is. No, it, and, no, but it is great because that is Graham Couch. That is you. I was, you know, in your voice reading that. It's just the greatest. Like, oh, yeah, by the way, it didn't really end well, but that's my memory of Lou Henson. Well, so, okay. <laughs> It, it, it didn't end poorly. It just first of all, I run into 280 characters. There are times you ought to have one tweet a week that you can say, "Hey, I'm going for a minute." You know, it wasn't a, I didn't, you know, and not for you know, I could have made it a lot better with a little punchier language and a little bit more detail in the story with that. like a little few more characters. It's where Twitter just sucks. I know. I'm, it, it's, but uh, it was that's what, how you would do it if you were on the air. It just just cracked me up. Just like my, my Lou Henson memory. I'm the sports editor in Freeport, of course, Freeport, Illinois. He's in his 70s in his final season at New Mexico State. Signs a big man from Highland Community College. He calls. We talk for an hour. His wife is from the area. They met there. He says he'd like to hang out next time he's in town. Well, so, but the picture of this. I'm a 24-year-old sports editor. Not I've covered a little bit of college sports right. in college. And after, but you don't, you don't really pal with you know big time coaches and certainly he was a, a, a big time coach when I was growing up sure. in the Big Ten at Illinois and 
you know, it was just how folksy it was. I mean, he called the newsroom phone, <laughs> you know, and like, and he wanted to stop by next time and, you know, hang out and get, you know, it was just, it was all very much like he was one of, you know, he was just a guy like me and his wife was in, you know, grew, uh, grew up in Lanark and they met there, which is just down, um, down the street in our coverage area. Anyway, so that was my Lou Henson uh, memory RIP. And, and like I said, I've written your obituary already, and you can check that out on Twitter. I did. Fire- I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I'm just shocked you had me live until 2034. I appreciate yeah. that. The fireworks ac- accident the, of 2034, April 10th, 2034. Jason, doing a demonstration for kids. That's the way you go. Go tweet it. I called yeah. it. 2034, <laughs> save it. Yeah, I will. Well, hope Twitter's not still around. I, I just do. I just hope it's not still around. <laughs> In, in, in 2034. Uh, we got a good show today. Uh, we got Brendan Quinn from The Athletic going to join us. We're going to talk MSU hoops and uh, what the uh, run on recruiting means for MSU basketball, when these guys are all going to arrive, what that class of 2021 may look like, uh, whether there'll be a 2020-21 season. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about, to him, I think, about covering golf in a pandemic. He's been you know, palling around, uh, covering the uh, the PGA Tour in, in weird times, and what that's what that's been like on the road. So, we'll do all that in 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 about ten minutes here. Um, I I do want to talk, uh, Jason, just a, about MSU hoops with you because the more it, it seems like um, Enoch uh, Boage, I think I pronounced that correct, right? And Boage, so, yeah. Um, is going to be the more I the more I read between the lines and conversations I've had and read different things, the more I think it the, the intent is for him to be in 2021. Now you can't say that right now if you're Michigan State. He's a 2022 commit because the scholarship numbers don't necessarily add up. If you say he's a 2021 kid, well then somebody's got to leave. Is there room for Imani Bates? And there isn't even room technically for Imani Bates right now if everybody exhausted their eligibility. Now, there's going to be room for Imani Bates. Don't worry. Um, but I think there will be room for them, for him uh, either through kids leaving um, after next season. And, and I think there are three guys that think they might be in the NBA after next season, if not before Aaron Henry, Rocket Watts, and Joey Hauser. Or through if there is no season and that delays things, the NCAA lifting scholarship restrictions like they did with spring sports and, and baseball and things like that for the year, there will be room. And I think you're going to wind up with a roster, Jason, potentially, that is at the same time Pierre Brooks, Max Christie, the two freshmen arriving already in 2021, and then Enoch uh, Bouget and, um, of course, Imani Bates. That's four. That's a hell of a class. And and where it ranks, you know, I've I've seen you know Kyle Austin pointed out a good point on Twitter today that it's not actually Michigan State's maybe highest ranked class of all time or highest ranked stretch two year stretch that the uh, Marcus Taylor Zach Randolph Kelvin Torbert group yeah. and you remember how highly ranked all those guys were um, Torbert was number one in uh, was it the state of Michigan or in the nation. He was in the top two in the state of Michigan. I mean, uh, Taylor was a McDonald's All-American. He was up there. He was a top one or two point guard with Omar Cook. Zach Randolph was a top ten guy. You know, the, 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 it was a really potent group right around that that, that era. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly uh, don't want to overstate it as if something, you know. Um, but 
um, it, it's it certainly is 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 a hell of a hell of a group. And what I think makes this foursome, if they join up together, interesting. And we'll see who's still around because obviously, if they're all still around, somebody's left. But I think there's also going to be a lot of really good veterans in the program with goals of their own, and that's what's going to give them a chance to be truly a special, special team. It's not just about having all these freshmen, two of which have reclassified. And, you know, although, the you know, Enoch is a, will be 19 uh, then, so it won't be, um, or I guess, will be yeah, he'll be 19 that year. So it's not like he'll be truly young for his grade. Uh, Amani Bates would be. But I, I, I just think that it's, um, when you talk about Malik Hall, guys like that, uh, Julius Marble, perhaps, and Gabe Brown is a senior. The veterans on that, A.J. Hoggard will be in there for a couple years. Actually, I think it's Hogard. I think I get, I get it wrong every time. Um, but you start to look at what could be a pretty seasoned group, too, with a great group of freshmen. When you think about the Miles Bridges, Cassius Winston team that showed up, Joshua Langford and Nick Ward, how freshman-dependent they were. And how you saw that team was like an 8-9 seed in the NCAA tournament, a bubble team part of the year. They weren't quite as highly ranked as this or as ready as I think these guys will be. But ultimately, to be a great, great team, unless you have a truly special group of freshmen, you need veterans. And I think this Michigan State group will have it. I think it has a chance to be an unbelievable group. Uh, it might be this year too, but that is going to be something uh, something to behold if, if that's the foursome that shows up together. And that could be just as big of a problem for Izzo's trying to find those guys when they will be veterans by then to, I mean, do they want to take a role? Because like you mentioned a guy like Malik Hall. Do you really see a guy like Malik Hall kind of taking, I wouldn't say second fiddle, but you know what I mean, a back seat to some of these guys, these freshman guys coming in, these superstars. I don't know if I see Malik Hall, but you need a couple of those guys, those veteran guys, to kind of keep you know some of the younger guys in check, personalities have a way of working themselves out, Jason. I think like so. Exa- for example, and there's you know you can be a stud player, but if you show up and there's a guy who's a really good player who's a 21 year old man, right? And you're I mean not the, I mean 21 year olds are also the dimwits who line up at Ricks and and uh, and uh, Harper's. <laughs> I'm not saying physique. 21 years, like but physique. yes, it's a, yes. And and you're you're 18. There's a that, that, those are big growth years. And you may be great, but you respect that. And 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 a guy like Malik Hall is is um, when I look at that roster, depending on where Joey Hauser is, if he's still around, you know, th- there's going to be a starter between Hall and Hauser in that lineup. And we'll see whether Enoch's in that lineup too. Um, but you know, uh, as a starter, I would guess he might be. But he'll have some veterans. I think the veterans at the five are are where there's a question of whether they'll stick around. So if you're if you're Julius Marble or you're uh, Marcus Bingham Jr. and you, you, you start to look at the um, just the way it all sets up moving forward, you're wondering, are you going to have a place to be featured enough and, and a Kithier or those guys? And, I, and, I, and certainly somebody may leave, and I, I would guess somebody might. If he comes in 2022, it won't matter for a lot of those kids. But the four spot there will be won't be one of those freshmen. I don't think I don't know that Max Christie's a starter as a freshman. I think he'll be a you know big time player, but I don't know if he starts over who Gabe Brown becomes by his senior year. Um, you know that that stuff is you know Jason Richardson was a hell of a recruit was not a starter on that national championship team, so that's not that's not an automatic. 
Amani Bate certainly will be a starter. Um, and, uh, and and I also think that Pierre Brooks will be a guy who's in that rotation who's – I mean, I really like Brooks. I, I Maybe it's just me, but I, I like him other than Bates. I love his ceiling. I love who he might be as a player. I love big physical guards. I think he's got a lot of talent. But so I don't think other than this in the starting lineup, I don't think other than Bates there's anything that's set for sure. Um, but do you think like Max Christie is kind of coming in thinking that he would be, especially if he gets to play with Bates, I'm sure he would want to start. And that's well, where the, long- the problem kind of arises for Izzo is like there's only one basketball. So I would see well, that there would be some transfers with these guys coming in because someone's got to go, especially if you want, you know, you want to play. We'll see how it works out. I mean, you know, the thing is, some of these guys know they're probably not one and dones. You know, I don't. Max Christie may think he is, but I don't think he probably is. Uh, Pierre Brooks, no. So you got, the, you know, you, you've got the big fella and Bates who are thinking that they are one and dones, perhaps. Uh, but otherwise, it, it's you know, it's just I, I don't know that it's going to be the mess it, it could be now. Yeah, you could wind up with a you'll wind up with a logjam somewhere. Somebody's going to be unhappy. I, I doubt. I think this will take care of itself. Somebody somewhere will leave that that sees the writing on the wall. Um, but I, I you know I also don't know that they'll that that team that came in and played so much with Bridges and and Ward and all those guys. You know, think about Nick Ward. They, they didn't have another center on the roster. They were playing Kenny Goins as the starter there. Um, you know the the other point guard behind Cassius Winston or with Cassius Winston was Tum Tum Nairn. It was not an uber talented group, and this is this I think will be a very different situation, a very different Michigan State team. Those guys will really have to earn it. It'll be good for them because when they do start, when they do play, they will have you know they will have earned that right to do so. But it will be interesting because they are big recruits. They will have expectations to play. I mean, Brandon Brandon uh, Kearney, who transferred out after playing 17 minutes a game in the first half of the season, uh, like back in 2000. 11-12 or 12-13, whatever year that was, you know, he was, that guy thought he wasn't playing enough. Um, I know that uh, Alvin Ellis thought he was going to be a uh, two-and-done NBA guy. Like, these guys all come in delusional. There's just, Is, I mean. And there's, there's the, nothing wrong with that, though. You you have to be you kind of have to have an ego if you want to be a good basketball player. I have no problem if these guys want to come in and think they're going to be one and done, two and done. To have that mentality, maybe Izzo can change his mind. Maybe reality sets in when you play the Big Ten schedule. Like, oh man, I'm not ready for the NBA. But going in as a, a freshman, I have no problem with that. Sure, I mean I covered junior college hoops for a couple years, and the number of guys who didn't get a Division One offer who thought they were going to the NBA was incredible. I mean that, and I, and I respect that as the delusion of an athlete. I mean, you, you look who you're talking to right now, right? I, I, I respect the delusion of an athlete. Um, but uh, you know, Bauche and uh, and Bates, I think, are guys who you know, just based on what you see, could be starters. But that that'll be a logjam there at the, at the center position. I think it's going to be an interesting roster. All right, do we have uh, Brendan Quinn with us? I'm working on it currently. All right, awesome, awesome. So that is, uh, we're going to talk to Brendan Quinn about that. He wrote an interesting piece in the Athletic um, that uh, about about uh, Bawajay's uh, background, how uh, Michigan State found him. Uh, you know, uh, David Ro- uh, David Thomas, uh, is, is, who played for for Izzo, is on that staff. Obviously, now uh, is from Brampton, Ontario, where he's from. And, and um, actually, they wound up with David Thomas when they were trying to get Jamal McGlore uh, years and years ago. The, the first big guy Izzo tried to get out of Canada, and that was back in 96, and McGlure wound up at Kentucky. 
but that was back when he was just selling a dream a little different than what he's got now. And right now he's, he's living the dream um, during this, uh, just the recruiting class. Let's take a quick break, Graham. We'll uh, try to get Brendan. Brennan okay, on. sounds good. Catching the roof. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi, sip on handcrafted cocktails, or one of 46 beers on tap? Take your game day or date night to Casket Company Kitchen Bar or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American-Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30, 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Casking Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing. Come enjoy irresistible, award-winning, handcrafted donuts and locally roasted coffee at Groovy Donuts. Surprise your family or coworkers with special holiday designs and flavors, or put the perfect finishing touch on an event with a custom order. Birthdays, weddings, gender reveals, our friends at Groovy Donuts are your answer. Experience the Groovy Donuts difference for yourself on Lake Lansing Road in East Lansing or in Williamston. Get more information or place an order at GroovyDonuts.com. Less boring than Sunday school. You're listening to Couch in the Room. All right, Graham Couch, Jason Nick, Couch in the Room, presented by Casking Company Kitchen and Bar and Front 43 Neighborhood Pub, just north of Lansing on East Saginaw, sorry, just north of Frandor on East Saginaw and Lansing, open daily 11 a.m. to midnight uh, for carryout at their terrific menu at uh, caskincompany.com or in person, taking all the precautions to make you feel comfortable if you're ready to step inside a restaurant. Um, all right, are we ready with uh, Brendan? He is all set. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Brennan Quinn joining us now, who references piece in the Athletic um, about uh, uh, Enoch uh, Boache, and really good stuff there. And, and as always, and also palling the palling around the country, covering golf in a pandemic right now. Are you are you in Michigan? Where are you right now, Brennan? I am in Michigan. Yes, I am in okay. uh, in Ann Arbor currently. And uh, yeah, the, the tour this week is in Memphis. I'm not there, and then it will be. Uh, time for the pga championship i will not be there either we're not we're still not flying as a company so uh okay. we'll have it covered but i will not be there i think uh but hopefully driving out to the u.s open and maybe driving to augusta in november i have graham i don't know what's going to happen next week let alone <laughs> i know at, at one point i was like how will he do the masters if there's a champions classic and i would bet on the masters i would not bet on the champions classic today Those uh, that are, I mean, was those would be about even odds on the uh, on the Masters there. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I totally, totally agree. Um, well, I want to get into that with you in a minute, and your 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 passion yeah. for Rutgers basketball, which was mm-hmm. really came out uh, today on the Athletic. Um, I was I was impressed. And actually, I, I do enjoy. I'm a hoops nerd, so I actually enjoy the midsummer. Um, yeah, five thousand word piece on Rutgers basketball, but uh, obviously this run for Michigan State basketball and recruiting has been mm-hmm. pretty incredible the what, what do you think tom Izzo is thinking right now uh well if i know tom <laughs> I, <laughs> I would imagine there is a a level of satisfaction mixed with a heavy dose of woe is me <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of his life right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think that would be it i mean it's 
you know, I, I haven't uh, spoken to him about it, but I would think it's, uh, you know, of, of course I'm having my greatest recruiting run at a time when we don't know if, when, how, or will there be any kind of season or when will these guys actually be able to play uh, in a Michigan State uniform. And there is a, uh, there is kind of a, you know, I wouldn't even call it an irony. I don't know what to call it. The fact that these two things are coinciding is, is pretty uh, mind-bending, I would say. It, it does help that this is sort of a post-pandemic class in terms of when it should arrive. Um, although we don't know when the pandemic will be over, but also it has it has the benefit <laughs> of time. Certainly, <laughs> where if it was if these were all 2020 kids, you'd be like, "Oh boy, that was a bad year to win all the recruits." Um, that that's a gr- that's a good point. There's a put put that sunshine in to, to him. I'm sure he would, he could use it. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Enoch Boache, and, and is it yeah. Enoch or Enoch? Is it Enoch? I think it is. I've, I've been saying Enoch. Okay, good. That, that doesn't mean anything, but that's what I've been no. saying. If it's right. two of us, then we have a quorum. We're good. Um, <laughs> so uh, he he is somebody that if you watch him play, and I've heard all sorts of comparisons to different guys, he is impressive in terms of ball handling skill and, and ability to drive it. He looks okay in the post. Certainly a guy who is a aggressive physical player. Um, who, I mean, it looks like a guy who can play at the Big Ten level right away whenever that is. Yeah, the thing that jumped out to me the most is his footwork right now as a 17-year-old is a guy who is not, you know, sometimes you see a dude who's 6'10 at this age and they're still kind of trying to learn how to, you know, not only be coordinated but be quick. He's quick for a guy who's 250 um and three or four percent body fat right now. That's what this one coach said to me. Um, you know, he he is not in any way gangly. He's not in any way awkward. Um, he is. He grew into his body um, early on, as opposed to kind of doing so now. And you know, when you watch his footwork, you know, he has a little face-up game. He has a drop step to both sides. He can catch and make a little move and, and finish and. Um, it's just a little bit beyond his years, I feel like, in that he, everyone that, that I've spoken to said that he embraces that idea of kind of being an old-school big guy. You know, he studies like kind of like young Dwight Howard film. Um, so that should kind of give you a picture that he's not you – know, I think long-term you'd want him to be kind of a face-up forward in terms of his professional future, but that's – you're talking three, four, five years down the line in, in his development. Right now he's comfortable being um, a true big a, a punishing physical big who plays to contact and kind of uses the attributes that he has. He's not one of these guys who is instinctually floating towards a three-point line, right, to, to chuck threes because he thinks that's what people want. Um, I think he's comfortable in who he is, which is rare today for basically every 6'8 guy for the last 10 years has thought they're Dirk Nowitzki. So um, to see a guy embrace it is – Pretty good, and uh, Michigan State's gonna have a couple of them because Matty Sissoko kind of falls in the same category. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask you about the year you think he'll arrive because my my sense on this is that if if there's room in 2021, that's when it'll happen, and you just can't say that sort of thing right now because technically there's not room if everybody plays out their their eligibility. Is that your sense of it? I think all possible efforts will be made to have him be part of the 21 class on both sides. Yeah. From, from Michigan and his camp. Yes. Michigan State and he... his camp, I think they would both are both pushing for 
that, and the classes, scholarship numbers always have a funny way of figuring themselves out. They do. <laughs> they do. When it, it, look, it would be a logjam of, of big guys if everybody sticks yeah. around to that point, and usually that doesn't happen. Somebody reads the you know, mm-hmm. writing on the wall in terms of opportunity and, and, and go somewhere else, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen um, at some point before then. Of the guys coming in right now, take Amani Bates out of this because there's yeah. a lot of questions there about whether he'll, and I think uh, whether he'll ever play at Michigan State, what year mm-hmm. that would be. And I think it's probably more likely he ever plays at Michigan State if he reclassifies. But it also, also there's an NBA draft rule out there right now on the books that makes it even more complex about when he leaves. Um, yeah. But take him out of the equation. Of the other three guys, including uh, Max Christie and, and Pierre Brooks, who do you are you most intrigued to see as a prospect? Like I've got this weird thing about I'm a big Pierre Brooks guy. I, I don't know what it is. I just when I watch him play, when I watch his highlights, I really like his game. Who, who, where are you on these other guys? Yeah, I mean, I certainly like Brooks. I, I like all these guys, but uh, I gotta say the right answer here is Max Christie. I mean, Matt, Christie, I think is going to be a legit, very legit one and done candidate okay. at at Michigan State. He is his his skill level, he is kind of the the archetype of the the modern guard, the the NBA type guard that just everyone is there are going to be people just foaming at the mouth for for his skill set. Um his his shooting, he checks every box that you can basically think of and to be able to see him for however long he plays college is is going to be for a basketball guy i think it's just going to be uh, you know second to none you couldn't ask for a better guy to to get to see on a regular basis so um you know i like i've been extraordinarily high on christie well before um he, he committed to michigan state i think you know the first time i saw his name and just kind of watched him we just said well you know that guy's going to duke or, <laughs> or uh, can you know one of those types of places, whatever Duke, Kentucky. Um, he's just that guy. Um, so he's that. You know, he's going to be at Michigan State. Um, I, I would imagine that the, the coaches uh, see the possibility of a guy like him. He is a okay. Might only have him for one year. Go all in to win a national championship. So that's why you know part of it is what can you surround him by is the next question. I'm really curious to see him, but from talking to people who have covered him in Illinois, he has not gone up against the toughest competition. Even in AAU, he's not been in the toughest mm-hmm. league. When they played really tough guys, he sat one game against one of the best players he would have faced. I'm still curious to see when somebody gets into him. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he won't be great. I mean, everything I've seen, he looks phenomenal, and I, and I love guys who can shoot, and he, you know, he obviously handles it well and all that stuff. I, I'm, I'm still I, – I sometimes partly is an overreaction to overhyping guys – Early in my life, watching college basketball, high school kids coming to college basketball, I'm always a little nervous until I see them do it against, I, I don't know, guys who get into them, you know, a little bit. But but yeah, I mean, the skills look look amazing on, on Max Christie. Yeah, the, I mean, and that's it's it's fair to an extent. You can, you, frankly, you could also say the same about uh, Enoch Wachi. You know, yeah. he, he he didn't really go and play the highest EYBL circuits, and and uh, you know the the primary film that we have is um, from uh, the the U16 FIBA uh, championships, the America uh, American championships, and you know in a lot of those games he's just kind of dominating guys. You know, he 
his recruiting profile took off the way it did because of the championship game against the U.S. team, where he played legit top 10 guys in both the 21 and the 22 classes, and he showed out. And Kentucky called that night. And Tom Izzo called the next day. And that's kind of what it changed because he was playing in Canada and he wasn't playing the highest level of EYBL. So, you know, one of the interesting things that uh, talking to his camp yesterday was this idea that if it weren't for this pandemic, you know, he probably would have been jet-setting all over the country this year, building himself into one of the top recruits in the country. Certainly a, a far well more well-known name. Um, he would have played in the U-17 uh, world championships that I believe were set for Bulgaria would have had another on a worldwide stage a chance to show out and probably work himself into those you know I don't know if he ever actually got a Duke or Kentucky offer but I think if this summer they were not intending to make a decision right now um, it really just was a matter of the circumstances no the, Michigan State is winning the pandemic in that sense maybe losing it yeah. elsewhere um, but uh, winning it winning it there if, if, if you can uh if you can do such a such a thing, I think one of the things that's interesting. You talk about surrounding them with pieces in 2021. When you look at in, in the Miles Bridges, uh, Nick Ward, Cassius Winston, Josh Langford class was not this highly rated. It was not quite this group, um, but they also showed up without a lot around them. It was Kenny Goins as your other center. It was Tum Tum Nairn as your other point guard. I think what they potentially have in 2021, even if some other guys who might have NBA opportunities before then are gone um, is, is a pretty seasoned roster at certain places. If you've got, you know, if you've got junior Malik Hall at the four, that's a really nice dude to have with all those young players. Yeah. I mean, the big question is who's going to still be there. I mean, you could potentially also have, um, if we're talking 21, 22 season, right. When, when Christie is a freshman, like you could yeah. potentially have a senior Aaron Henry and a senior Joey Hauser, which, yeah. you know, I think the idea of having that is probably relatively slim if you were putting chances on it, but if it's in play, you know, senior Gabe Brown, what's he look like? Yep. like everyone forgets about Gabe Brown. You know, Gabe Brown, the guy who I don't, if, if went out and had a, a breakout junior year, no one would be surprised by any means. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really nice pieces. The question of, uh, you know, what Rocket Watts like would be an All-American candidate that year, right? So, yeah, I, I fully agree with you um, that the makings are there for, you know, certainly one of the, on paper at least, one of the most enticing kind of rosters that have probably ever come through that place at a place that has had, you know, lots of dudes, lots of NBA players. All right, I want to talk. What, what is it like covering golf this summer? What is it like been, being in a, you know, I mean, it's obviously very different. You don't have the galleries. Um, right. Have you enjoyed it? I mean, I know covering golf is like a passion for you, but is it still fun mm. to do when you're masked up and, you're, and everything is this different? Yeah, it's not. I mean, just for me personally in my job, um, no, it's been an, an incredibly frustrating um, and uh, sometimes sad because on one hand we don't get to, you don't get to talk to people you don't just get to go up and talk to somebody anymore and you know when it comes to storytelling that's what you do these things that you just take for granted forever of just filling up the notebook with conversations and interesting things that you see and hear and positions you find yourself in that's gone really right now and uh you know we've been around you're able to walk on the course outside the ropes but 
you you don't get one-on-one uh, interviews with players. They're strictly forbidden, uh, or golfers, I should say. And, uh, you know, you can't just go up to a caddy on the practice range or do any of these things. So um, in terms of the competition itself, you know, being in Detroit for one event that was the first one I was out there for was very weird and kind of surreal. And the next week was a little bit more not normal, but I didn't think about it constantly. And by the time I was at the memorial, you know, walking around out there, it was didn't really, it wasn't on the forefront of my mind that there was no one else out there. And I think that will happen with these other sports that go and get played here, um, assuming they can continue to, to go out there, that the, the novelty of the empty arena, and this is a talking point, will die down and eventually the games will emerge. But, um, no, I have really enjoyed very little of it. Um, it went to be at the workday, um, the workday open when uh, Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa uh, both traded monster clutch putts back to back on the 18th green. Like it's one of those scenes if you've been to the 18th green at Memorial at uh, Murfield Village, like it's built for people to be there. There's these sloping hillsides along the green where people can pack in if that scene had unfolded with a gallery i mean it would have just been wild and instead it was just a kind of passing breeze right and you heard justin thomas yell and that was it and it sucks i i want nothing to do with it i want it to end as soon as possible <laughs> i think we're all there and i you know frankly the the college basketball season that i love and the way the reasons I love it and the, the sort of the ebbs and flows of it, I'm, I'm worried about next. But hell, there are greater problems and other things that are going on for sure. a lot of people right now. So we'll uh, we will uh, deal with it. Um, you can read uh, Brendan's story um, on Enoch and, and and how he wound up at Michigan State and and who he is. Uh, really good stuff at the Athletic uh, at the Athletic Detroit. He's he's tweeted it out a couple times as well. Um, Brendan, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Thanks, Brendan. That's Brendan Quinn from The Athletic. We'll be right back. Couch in the Roof. Imagine a community where every young person has access to college and career training after high school. Justin Sheehan, Executive Director, and Kelly Dean, Chair of the Lansing Promise, are here to tell us more. The Lansing Promise provides access to place-based scholarships for every eligible young person living and schooling within the Lansing School District boundaries. Our scholars are eligible to receive tuition assistance over a four-year window to complete their associate's degree, become certified in a skilled or professional trade at Lansing Community College, or a comparable award toward their first two years at Michigan State University or Olivet College. Since 2012, over 750 graduates have received Lansing Promise Scholarships, and this group has earned over 120 degrees, certificates, and have gone on to four-year degree programs. With more than 15,000 credits earned to date, we're ready to celebrate and to facilitate the next generation of successes. Every young person deserves the opportunity to reach their dreams and achieve their full potential. Find out more at LansingPromise.org. That's LansingPromise.org. Where else can you cheer on your team, enjoy a mouth-watering burger or savory sushi, sip on handcrafted cocktails, or one of 46 beers on tap? Take your game day or date night to Casket Company Kitchen Bar or Front 43 Neighborhood Pub near Frandor. Two amazing places with one awesome blended modern American-Asian menu. Catch the game on one of 30, 60-inch TVs or stop in for the all-you-can-eat lunch buffet. Enjoy happy hour or elevate your night out at Casket Company or Front 43 on East Saginaw in Lansing.
Come enjoy irresistible, award-winning, handcrafted donuts and locally roasted coffee at Groovy Donuts. Surprise your family or coworkers with special holiday designs and flavors, or put the perfect finishing touch on an event with a custom order. Birthdays, weddings, gender reveals, our friends at Groovy Donuts are your answer. Experience the Groovy Donuts difference for yourself on Lake Lansing Road in East Lansing or in Williamston. Get more information or place an order at GroovyDonuts.com. You're listening to Couch in the Room. Already on, already on the TV. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. All right, Graham Couch, Jason Nick, Couch in the Roof, presented by our friends at Casking Company Kitchen Bar and Front 43 Neighborhood Pub, just north of Frandor on East Saginaw and Lansing, open daily 11 a.m. to midnight for carryout or dine-in. Go to caskingcompany.com. Uh, and check out their menu. You, you will not be disappointed. Chase, an interesting interview there with uh, Brendan Quinn from The Athletic um, in terms of what to expect from this recruiting class. He is all in on Max Christie. Yeah, I was it just a- about to say, that's what jumped out to me, uh, BQ, saying that Christie could be a one-and-done kind of guy. You guys kind of differ on that opinion. Did that shock yeah. you as well? No, not because some people are very, very high on him. And it, here's where my opinion on Christie stems from. And again, I, I've... Uh, you know, seen him uh, only in about a series of three or four different highlight videos, right? And talk to people about him a little bit. But you know, I have a, a good friend who covers Chicago basketball as intimately as possible, and, and he's high on him too. He just says he's he's been protected a little bit, right? He is not somebody who's played at the highest highest level of AAU. Uh, their, their high school schedule has not been uh, as ferocious, and 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 you know when they, they've when it looked like he was going to face up against somebody who really get into him, it didn't, you know, a real marquee matchup. It, why it, is he, that? He sat the game Did I, your guy explain? Well, I, I think it was I just your guys not, want to do that at that level. They want to play against the best, right? They're not hiding him. It's just his AU team isn't the highest level. You're, you're correct. And, and, and uh, this would have been a summer AU form that might have been different. I mean, the thing you have to, to be fair to all these kids, you know, they didn't get the spring or summer AU season at all. This would have been a, one of those things that um, – that he would have gotten to do. And so it's not like his high school career is even over. Uh, the, the pandemic has taken away a lot of opportunities and, and, um, uh, and I don't know the, you know, all the, all of his, his background and reasons for it. I, I like guys who play for their hometown high school and don't go off to prep school. So I respect that. Even if you're not in the toughest league or whatever, I don't think that's that important. And, uh, if the talent's there, they'll, they'll, they'll take you. Um, I, I'm always, I have made the mistake many times in my life of overhyping kids coming in. I mean, uh, if, if you want to see what I did with Joshua Langford, I mean, that was probably the most recent one that I've missed Now, did you see bit. Langford in person, or you're just saying you're watching? Yeah, I, well, I, I, saw him, I saw him in person at the McDonald's All-American game in Chicago, and then I saw a lot of highlights from him. Uh, I saw him at Moneyball that summer, too. Um, but I, I think it was before that that I had started writing. But even then, it was he had some old man in his game that I loved, and, and it was a type of game that I fell in love with. And it, and it, it struggled; he struggled to translate it because he wasn't this ferocious athlete. Um, and the level he played at in high school wasn't the highest level. And so that you know, he was like the five-time player of the year at a low level in, in high school. And so that, you know, I got misled a little bit. You know, you look at a foster lawyer, for example. And I wasn't is oh be careful. Oh, I wasn't as over the the moon on foster lawyers as some people, but Clarkson Mafia. 
but he, you know, he, there was a guy who didn't play guys who could get into him. Class A is not what it used to be. If Foster Lawyer played in 2010 Class A basketball in Michigan, we would have had a greater feel for things. He would have been going up against the Keith Appling types or Kalamazoo Central kids who get into you, the really good athletes. And if he could have dominated those kids, we would have had a better sense of things. Um, and so, you know, th- th- I'm always a little wary until I see it. You know, the skills all look there. I'm always a little wary. He's got the height, certainly Christy does. And, um, you know, it, it does look like a year that could be – and the years that I always enjoy, and this is where I'm weird, I always enjoy the years after what was supposed to be the year. And that's sometimes the year that winds up working out. So if you're – like with Michigan State basketball and covering them, say 2000, 2001 winds up being this year where they've got just four absolute stud freshmen um, on campus – and, again, I'm real real high on Pierre Brooks, and um, I like that style player. Again, there are certain things you see and you love. I love Joshua Langford. Pierre Brooks reminds me of this guy I covered in junior college who was 23, 24 years old. He was, like, as old as me at the time. And uh, Mark Wilson, a Chicago playground named Granny, and just this physical, strong specimen who could do a lot of stuff, high basketball IQ, high will for the game. Anyway, I, I see it's, him. And a little bit of it is swagger, too, and that's why I've always been a big Keith Appling guy. I love yes. Keith Appling. And it is you, a lot of part, a big part of it is when you fall in love with a guy, you know, is swagger. It's like you, you, you see a guy on the court, he's not scared. And that's yes. what, you know, and that's what you like to see from some of these guys. And I can understand if you're 18 years old being scared, getting on, in, you know, playing in front of 17,000, 19,000 people and being on television. I, you know, I get it. But some of those guys just have it, right? Like, or just, that or just being. Or just being up against guys who intimidate you. I mean, I, I was a somebody who got intimidated when I was a 16, 17-year-old kid is an, you know, in athletic things. And then when you get to 25 years old, you're like, man, I, I'm taking this high schooler who's more talented than me. And that's why they don't let 25-year-olds play high school basketball <laughs> because you've gained some confidence in your body. You're a grown man. Um, although, I'll tell you what, some of these guys, if they don't reclassify, are about 25 by the time they're seniors in high school. Um, sorry, that joke's not going to get old for me. Um but yeah, no, I, I think it, it who you like bases, uh, but uh, you know, is, is based on your own preferences. But in terms of the year after that year, like they may load up this team in two thousand twenty twenty one, it may be this incredible group with a, a lot of veterans around them. The year after that, you could wind up with certainly Pierre Brooks sticking around. I bet you one of those freshmen winds up in a second year at MSU. I mean, maybe if the rules don't change, it'll be Imani Bates, but but perhaps it's Max Christie, and you wind up with. Uh, you know, still a guy like Malik Hall might might be there. Um, you know, there will be a number of uh, maybe AJ Hog- uh, Hogard. You know, there's just a number of really really good players, and what could be a very seasoned, talented team that fits well and is also every bit the title contender. Because um, sometimes you you get too many guys, as you were talking about, and it gets to be. I, I look. I think some of that stuff works itself out before then, because obviously, if you look at the roster right now and you just add those four guys in and you project who will all be there it, it's it's just too much but that stuff usually takes care of itself it, if you are like if you're if you're even if you're julius marvel right now you might be looking and going you know i don't know i i there's a guy who i think can be a big man on a final four national championship type team because i think he's got a lot of upside but he's also a guy who can get over recruited because there are guys who are more talented than him and I know it's a cliche, but is is this could this possibly be Izzo's like toughest coaching job trying to find spots for some of these guys? I mean, a guy that we haven't—I don't know if you and Brennan Quinn mentioned, but Sissoko. I mean, we don't even talk about him, right? 
I mean, yeah, I to find playtime for these guys, I think it'll be right. Izzo's toughest gig. Well, and the other thing that will be a challenge, and this is something I want to write about at some point, uh, certainly is, you know, it will be the idea, and maybe it'll be this November when we're just talking about basketball that's not happening or something. But, uh, you know, one thing he did not do well with Miles Bridges' sophomore year, which would not be quite as talented as a team as this, was play who to play through. You know, he played through Miles Bridges, who was not the highest basketball IQ on the team, was not the best playmaker on the team. He did not, you know, Cassius Winston was the point guard often. Tum Tum Nairn was still there. Um, it was too much Nairn, too much, you know, it, it, it was not, the ball was not in Cassius Winston's hands enough that year. And how do you play through, and, and you're going to have a team where I think Max Christie is a guy who can make plays for other people uh, and, and for himself, I think. Um, you're going to have a guy like Amani Bates who is a, you know, you're going to want to play through him <laughs> a lot, you know, if he's there. And now Bates, what's going to be interesting is if Bates doesn't even come, this is still a unbelievable freshman class. Um, you're going to have a big man you want to throw to. Uh, you, you, you're gonna, you may not have a true point guard. Is Hogar going to develop into that? And if I were any of those other guys, that's what I'd want to develop into because that's your ticket to playing. Is Rocket Watts still around? Uh, well, if he played point guard much before then, how does that fit? There'll be a lot of things like who has the ball and how do you, how does it all work, and um, do you can, do you maximize what you have? Because we've all been on, and this goes at any level. We've all been in the gym on teams where it just doesn't work, even though you got the best squad. And we've all been on teams where it's. I mean, the, my favorite teams to play on in like rec league ball are when you're with you know four other people who are just pretty okay. But it's just working. You all kind of get each other's roles. Everybody's got confidence. You're sharing the ball. You're having a good time. I've been on teams where I'm with four other guys who are a lot better than me. We ought to be running the way. And it's just a dysfunctional mess. And so you, you, you have to figure out roles. And you, and, and that, some of that will work itself out. But that will be a challenge. I think you're right. And that's kind of what's happened to Duke in the past years, you know, where you have these you know immense talent like Reddish, R.J. Barrett, Zion. But it just doesn't mesh, like you said. Well, I, I oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that was that was it. Okay, <laughs> your Duke point though, which is a, a good one. I think Duke's biggest failure that year was they didn't have shooting, and they had role definition. They didn't have shooting. I think what Michigan State will have is plenty of shooting, and and that's really you know you can wind up in in today's basketball if you don't have enough shooting, you can have everything else, and the court just gets compacted behind you, and your big men get guys. Down in on them, digging down, and your 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 wings want to drive. Everybody's down. You, you got to have guys that can hit shots, and that's where a guy like Max Christie is incredibly important. Gabe Brown, what he develops into, got to be a shooter. Got to keep it. You know, but they, they should have enough shooting because if you don't have that, it can ruin other, what's otherwise a, a great thing. We talked some good about a good amount of MSU basketball today. I've enjoyed this. Um, we've got about uh, eight minutes. Left here, we're going to do your groovy donut questions on Friday, and so we can get back in the get back in MSU hoops. Um, I, I'd like to do a Tigers bet update if you're up for it. Buenos tardes. It is time for the Detroit Tigers gambling update with Gramanito Couch and Jason Nick. Still the right, best so we thing are... Doug Warren's ever done. Oh, it's incredible. It's my, it's my, yeah. So what are um, we gonna do here, Couch? I don't know. I don't know whether to. Uh, maybe I want to opt out. Yeah, I, I, I was I, thinking I, about I, that yesterday, watching the game. Well, here's here's my what advice for you. First of all, you're in the night because I already placed the bet. All right. Okay. So I'm glad you're, you're in the night. At least I know now. 
Yeah, you're in, you're. In, I'm placing every night. Like, and uh, the worst part is last night, I almost I forgot to place the bet, and I was like, oh, and then I saw they were down, but the live line was so good that it paid. Like, we, I put the forty and it paid sixty. So there was a one run game in like the third inning. I was like, ah, we'll take this. So we lost the forty anyway. Um, so you made but, a bet without our knowledge. Well, you thought I was. You know, putting down a forty dollars bet to win forty, and it was to win sixty. I don't yes, know. I, I don't see a text message in our group chat. Well, we're I, doing every day. I don't know that. I thought maybe like you did yesterday, you forgot, and now well, all I'm of a sudden for, we, you know, we, we're, we're two and three. We're two and three on the bets. This is very. Which isn't this bad. is like Art Schleister ish, man. I don't know what's the happening. good. The good news is here <laughs> is that we're the same record as the Tigers. The worst games are the games where. You know, the, the Tigers are losing, but they're only losing by one, and we need them to lose by two, and we're just losing bets. Here's why we got to hang tight for a minute. They play the Royals tonight, and we, the bet's already in, so we got to deal with it. Okay. Then they have a little bit of a break. Then they play the Cardinals for four games. The Pirates, who aren't that good for three. I guess the White Sox aren't very good. Now, I thought the White Sox would be good when I was looking at the schedule earlier. The White Sox for three. Then they get the Indians for three. Ah, the White Sox. The White Sox are key here. The Indians. Yeah, but see, I think Cubs, because of this COVID nineteen, it's hard to say who's good and who's not. Because who's who's, yeah, who's going to be on? Who's going to be sitting out this game? I don't know, man. I'm just so here, here's my play. Let, let let's look at this. Let's reconvene. So let, we will play the Royals tonight. I think we should play. We got a little bit of breather. They don't play until August third. I think we play the Cardinals series. It's a four game series on the road against a legitimate club, right? If they go into St. Louis and like split with the Cardinals, I say we bail on this thing. <laughs> Get the hell out, you know. But it, but if 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 they lose three out of four in St. Louis, I think we're still on track. I mean, the Tigers the are old... a favorite tonight to win well, minus one twenty eight. I know that's what I'm saying. But I mean, that back when last year it was fun because they were never a favorite. We were always right. in it, and now they're hitting bombs. They're hitting like six home runs a game now. I'm just like, no. If they're at all mediocre, we're in trouble. No, the. Um... So when do we pull the plug? What, what, we we pull we we reassess after St. Louis after St. Louis. So we, we're already playing tonight, and then there's four more games. It, it, worst case scenario, I mean, we're down one game right now. We're not that bad. So I mean, it, it, even though it doesn't feel like we're not making money, the other thing to watch is the White Sox. If the White Sox wind up being horrible the way they're playing right now, mm-hmm. they play the White Sox one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like seven times in the next. 13 games so if we've seen the white Sox just tank too and they're decent against the st louis then maybe we should pull out maybe we flip it and start betting the tigers to win oh, i like it oh i like it huh? you this is you are a great thinker <laughs> see because i was thinking that yesterday i'm like man i'm rooting against my favorite team this kind of sucks i don't yeah. like it and Kansas Especially City, when you start because to... last year, dude, they were just terrible. But this year, I just think with all, with everything involved, the shortened season, you're not sure who who's going to be on the, the in the lineup. I just think we're at a disadvantage right now. Jason, here's the other thing that we're, we're struggling with. So last year, we jumped at the absolute right time. Yeah, they started 18 and 22, and we didn't bet any of those games. Then we started betting them, and they went like one and 11. <laughs> and so we missed that. I mean. After the beginning of the start, they only won like twenty-five more games all year. Yeah, and so even if they're just starting decent, it's a shorter season. It's less predictable, and th- that's the problem with the shorter season, right? They're going to feel like they're in it. They're going to have energy to you know because if you're a Tiger player and it's a hundred and sixty-game season, and you are starting um, decently 
or but you might you, you know you don't have the horses to get through it in the back of your mind. But in that two month season, you're three and two. You win the night to beat the Royals. You're thinking, you know, what they got? We got a sixteen team playoff. Maybe we got a shot. And so there's an energy. There's a bounce to you. Maybe half the teams we quarantined. And do we know really who's good right now? I mean, Tampa Bay's four and one. The Padres are four and one. The Cubbies four and one. You don't. I mean, you just, that's what well, I mean. Do we sit. Here's do, the we, do we sit ten games out and then reassess? I don't know. No, because it's too, the problem with the whole season is, is usually you say you don't know who anybody if anybody's any good until Memorial Day. Yeah. Well, that's the whole season this year. Two months. That's it. So there's no time to. It isn't. I mean that. It, yeah. It, it's. Let, let, we, we're already in for tonight. So let's go Royals, and then um, we'll play the Cardinals, and uh, then we'll we'll reassess. I mean, it just scares me looking at Detroit minus one twenty eight. I mean, they're a favorite. Matthew Boyd on the mound. I know. You know, it's just like. Uh... He was awful in the first out. He Maybe he'll be awful again. Let let <laughs> let we can only we can only uh, absolutely hope. And you know, w- w- do you think? First of all, do you think baseball gets through this season? I do. I think they do. I think the Marlins situation was just like an aberration. Where I don't know what those guys were doing if they were out and about and con- contracted it somehow. Because I mean, they played the Phillies and um, they tested a lot of the Philadelphia Phillies players and they tested negative. I think that Major League Baseball is doing the best they can. I think they finish the season. It's going to be wonky. It's going to be a hell of a ride, but I think they do. Yeah, I, I tend to think that, uh, and I think it's a good wake-up call that for all these guys that when you go home, wherever you are, I mean, you you need to be in your communities really safe because one dude in your clubhouse can can spread pretty quick, you know. And, and I, I, but there is one thing we will have the NBA because they've had zero positive tests. The bubble 344 players tested zero positive tests, and I'm enjoying the bubble basketball. I don't know if you've been watching any of the exhibition, yes. Graham, but I, I'm, I'm looking forward to this kind of stretch and, run. It's going to be fun. And you know what else starts is bubble hockey, which starts immediately in the playoffs. Yep. And I, playoff hockey is fun. I love their setup there. I love the way it looks. It doesn't look like some barren arena. And that's you're going to have all these games all day. We're just going to be watching playoffs and important stuff. And I, I, you know. It's going to be a different kind of year, and I, I don't, I don't know if we're going to have an NFL season. I can't figure that out. I'm, no. I, These I guys are think... opting out, Graham. There's no I way. Know. I mean, if you're, I mean, the Ravens. I mean, two of their offensive linemen are opting out. If you're Lamar Jackson, are you going to play behind backup linemen? It's just too many guys are opting out. It, none of it makes sense. I don't blame any of the guys for wanting to opt out in college or in the NFL because there's just there's really no solution currently, and it's not going to get any better anytime soon. So we just have to resign ourselves to the fact: no football, man. Yeah, and do you think the NFL should have tried some sort of bubble? No, I don't know how they would have done. I don't it. know how it, it would it's have been big. feasible. I mean, Disney yeah. did the NBA thing, and that's just because there's what 14 roster spots per team there. I mean, with hundreds of guys, no. I think with the NBA and 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 f- football, you'd have to have multiple bubbles, but you could you do it divisionally or you know what i mean you could alter the schedule you could do it where you know every division was in a bubble yeah um but it's something that they should have they should have been talking about months ago instead of waiting and waiting and waiting in 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 a sense kind of going here you guys take care of this and let us know when you have it rectified and that's what the nfl has been doing and that's the reason why we will i just didn't but to answer your question no i don't think a nfl kind of a bubble would work and I'm sad about the NFL because one of the things that was sort of getting me through the idea that there wasn't going to be college football was 
thinking, well, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll play football on Saturdays in the NFL. We'll get them both. Well, you know, yeah. there will be football to give that fix. And the other thing that's going to be fun in the fall is we don't usually get basketball this time of year and playoff hockey and, 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 and Major League Baseball is different. So there will be things to occupy us. If we had the NFL, I think we would um, we would be able to, uh, you know, just the fandom in us to, to, to be preoccupied given that we've been without anything. But I, I have a feeling we're, we're going to be footballless. Uh, but I don't know. I, maybe the NFL. I, I'm not willing to write off the NFL entirely um, yet. We appreciate Brendan Quinn from the Athletic. Uh, is always a terrific insight. It's become somebody I really enjoy chatting with and traveling with on the beat. We'll miss that this year. I'm hoping we get to do that stuff again soon. Um, and want to say thank you to uh, Casket Company and Front 43 for their continued support. Uh, if you're looking for a place to support, good people worth your worth your dime. Jason, good show, man. Yeah, man. We'll do our uh, Groovy Donut Twitter questions on Friday. Catch in the roof. Mart again. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.